Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is the Frank Take. We are live here on September 10th. Uh, it is football season is officially upon us. And uh, what a great start we had last night. I've got Alec Cable on the podcast with me. He's been on many times. Um, Alec, what were, you, what were some of your thoughts on last night's game? Let's get right into it. Oh, well, yeah, you you said it. It was a hell of a way to start the uh, the season. It's a, it was a great game, a great game to watch. Um, I really enjoyed watching the quarterbacks. I mean, how could you not just big throw for big throw down the stretch? I'm sure for you as a, as a Cowboy fan, it was nice to see Dak kind of just letting it loose. Didn't seem like that shoulder was an issue at all. He hit 400 yards. I think he's going to do that a lot this season. Um, but it was just fun watching the quarterbacks. It was fun just to have football back. And it was just a really fun game to watch. And it's gotten me very fired up for week one and the season to come. Yeah, no, I, I think the quarterback storyline was big because I think, I mean, everyone's expecting Brady to come out there and be great. That's all we've talked about all offseason is, you know, Tampa Bay's running it back. They've got all their guys, you know, Brady in, in year 44 of life, year 22 of the NFL. I mean, it's just insane. So we knew he was going to be great. Um, but I think there, yeah, you're, you're right. There was a lot more doubts on Dak Prescott. I think for myself, I, I thought, um, yeah, he's going to get back to being elite like he has been in, in past years, but I thought there'd be some timing issues. I thought, you know, he'd short arm some throws and he did at the beginning, but he, he got into it. Um, and then with Zach Martin being out and, and that interior rush that Tampa Bay has, I figured there'd be a lot of collapsing pockets, a lot of Dak throwing off his back foot. And when you've dealt with a shoulder injury and an ankle injury, like he has, um, I just, I just thought there'd be a lot of, um, miscommunications and, uh, you know, a lot of short arm throws that really wasn't the case. He was 42 of 58, which is a 72% completion rate, 403 yards, three touchdowns, uh, one pick. And that was on CD lamb. So, I mean, Dak really didn't skip a beat and, um, you know, I, I think he's back. I think we can expect more of the same from him. Uh, do do you think he's going to be able to keep this up all season long? I don't see why not. Um, he, we'll, we'll get into this later, but I expect Dak to have some pretty impressive throwing numbers this season. Um, and I think the only thing I was concerned about is I really wanted to watch him last night to just see how comfortable he felt. And one of the things that was pretty impressive to me is, you know, he didn't run a lot, but it didn't, he really hung in the pocket well. And he, his offensive line did a very nice job against a really good front last night. I think the only guy that really caused problems was Vita Vea, but um, he hung in the pocket and he, he didn't seem, you know, scared to, to hang in there, take a couple hits. He wasn't, he didn't flinch, didn't back down. I, I was really impressed with Dak's game last night. I thought Dak played a fantastic football game. Um, but you know what? It just ended up not being enough. And, you know, I think there's, I guess, different things to blame for that, but it's a, I think, honestly, you could make a pretty good case in my opinion that Dallas may have been the better team last night for most of the game, but Tampa just found a way to make more plays down the stretch. And if you leave the greatest uh, football player of all time, a minute and a half and a timeout to work with only needing a field goal, I think that's pretty much spells the end of you. But I think Dallas should have, it has a lot to be proud of from last night. And I think Dak showed that he's back and uh, he will be a force to be reckoned with this, this season. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said for sure. Um, and, and I think Dak's performance last night, 
is that I, I listed out a couple of things that I learned about Dallas last night. And the first one that is, yeah, you know, Dak is back. The second one, I think Dallas has to continue with the air raid. Um, you know, throwing the ball 50 to 55 times a game. I, I know that sounds extreme. And obviously if you're ahead in a game, you know, maybe settle that down, but I think that should become the norm for Dallas, frankly. I mean, I think some of these throws we got to keep in mind were pretty much extended run plays. I mean, you're, you're swinging it out. We had a, we had a play where we lined up CD in the backfield on third and one, we threw it out there. Linebackers not going to be able to guard him. We had a couple bubble screens, you know, little two yard dig routes to Amari Cooper. Like we were doing that last night. I think Dallas was doing that last night because they knew they couldn't handle the front seven of Tampa. And so they just got the ball out quick, quick, all the way down the field. Um, and basically ended Tampa Bay's defense, put them, put them to death by a thousand paper cuts. That's how I've heard it. Phrased. Like Tampa didn't really give up many big plays. There was a few mixed in, but I mean, mostly Dallas just moved the chains and that's what they should do all year. I mean, I, I don't see why, you know, the, the option of running Zeke up the middle or getting it out to CD lamb or Amari Cooper, or Michael Gallup out in the open field. I think the second option is clearly better. So and then I don't think there's a lot of teams that can match up with all three of those receivers at once, especially if they don't have a pass rush. I mean, Tampa Bay has a great pass rush and our receivers were figuring out a way to get open on the simplest of routes, you know? So if you give Dak some more time, let those receivers get more uh, extension on their routes, you know, more of those, those longer routes down the field. I mean, Dallas could be eating some teams up. So um, yeah, I, I think really Dallas has to be in a full on air raid. And where I think they were held back last night was, um, you know, by the defense. I think the defense, we knew it was going to be bad. And it, and it was good in some ways. It made some good stops. Um, but I think especially in the secondary, we're going to face some issues, uh, you know, especially against good route runners. Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, those were the guys that ate us up last night. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs did a great job on Mike Evans. But those other two dudes kind of destroyed our secondary. And I'm not sure a way around that. Um, so, you know, those are some of the things on defense that, that I was noticing from last night. Yeah. And I think, I think those are all, uh, really good points, but I think, I think Dallas has a lot that they should be proud of last night. And I think there's a lot that they can move forward into the next game. Obviously in the NFL, moral victories don't, that's not a thing in the NFL, but I think there's a lot of good positives they can take out of that game. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dallas does not play another playoff team from last year until week 11. Is that true? That's true. Yep. Yeah. So they've got, they've got a real opportunity here, I think, to win some games, get, you know, get ahead in the win column and see what they can do. Um, they got a tough game at LA for the, with the Chargers next week, but then they, they've got some winnable games. And I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, team to watch this season. And then I, I want to switch it quickly to Tampa. Um, I think Tampa last night, um, to be honest, I think if you're a Bucks fan, you have to feel pretty good coming out of a win, like coming out with a win in that game, because I don't think they played particularly well in a lot of spots. I think there was a lot of sloppy play. I think you could tell that if both teams execute at the highest level, Tampa Bay is going to beat Dallas. But I thought Dallas executed pretty well and Tampa turned the ball over a lot, um, made some really bad plays and still found a way to win the game, which I think that's why it's tough for as a Dallas fan, I'm sure to realize that, man, we were so close to coming out of there with a huge week one win and couldn't make it happen. But you're right. Antonio Brown and, and Chris Godwin, especially Brown had a big first half, and then he was really quiet in the second. 
Chris Godwin was the guy who kind of wrecked you the whole way through and, um, and, and Gronk, my goodness, Rob Gronkowski. Um, so that was, yeah, I'm just looking at Gronk at eight targets, eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. That is, that is new England Gronk right there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that, that, that's tough, but, um, I think, you know, Dallas has a lot that they should be happy of. And I think for, I think for the bucks, um, their defense was pretty disappointing last night, but that's a tough offense to guard with all the receivers and Dak and the way they throw the ball. Um, I think Tampa Bay will be fine. And uh, it was just a great game to watch last night, wasn't it? It was really fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on Tampa. And I think that, um, you know, it's it's frustrating for both teams probably watching that game in a sense. Uh, I think more so for Tampa. I mean, they're looking at that game. You're figuring – after that Super Bowl, I think a lot of Tampa Bay fans and and you know people in general were just like, oh look, we I mean we absolutely steamrolled Patrick Mahomes. So who's Dak Prescott? Who's this offense? And we had a much better game plan, I think, than Kansas City did coming in, just getting the ball out quick and playing within that identity. Um, but I think that uh, you know the frustration for Tampa Bay comes obviously with the sloppiness and the turnovers um, and all the penalties in the secondary. Um, but then for Dallas on the other side, the frustration is, Hey, we forced four turnovers and took advantage of an offense that, uh, wasn't, wasn't executing that well. And we took advantage of a defense that was getting a little thin in the secondary. And, you know, we drove up and down the field. Dallas only had two, three and outs. They had nine more minutes in time of possession. They had, uh, they had a, I I believe almost over a hundred more yards than Tampa did. I mean, they were going up and down the field. And, you know, they just couldn't finish it in the red zone and there were missed field goals and a missed extra point. And then they settled for two field goals inside the 10 yard line. So, I mean, it's, it's frustration in a sense on both sides, but I think you're right. Tampa Bay doesn't have anything really to be scared of. Um, I mean, there's not many offenses that that can do what Dallas has the capabilities to do. Um, you know, there's Tampa's going to be fine and they're going to figure it out. So, uh, yeah, I think they're happy to escape with a win last night. That was definitely a game that either team could have won given that Tampa Bay didn't play their best. Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, Tampa's one and zero. Dallas is zero and one. There are no moral victories. And, you know, that's, that's the last thing on my list is, you know, what we learned about Dallas is that they're own one. So another <laughs> tough road game next week. And, uh, you know, you got the chargers and you, you really don't want to fall to zero and two because, you know, two moral victories wouldn't mean anything. So, but yeah, I think, I think moving forward, there's a, there's a possibility that maybe these two teams see each other again. You, I don't know if you heard that little clip of Dak. You know, I did. We'll see I again. Did. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, but, you know, I, I think Dallas looked a lot better than a lot of people thought last night. So I think it's going to be an exciting season potentially for both teams. Yeah, I think, uh, well, just my quick final thought is I think it will be an exciting season for Tampa Bay. I think the really the disappointing thing, I think, for Tampa Bay fans is probably their defense last night, mm-hmm. um, considering what they did to the Chiefs. Offensively, sometimes week one, you get in these tough little spots, but I think there was still a lot of good offense from the Bucks at times. Um, and it's Tom Brady. They're going to figure it out. But defensively, I think it was a little sloppy. Um, the pass rush wasn't what it, you know, you would think it was, but defense is that it comes together and uh, they've still got a lot of good players on that side. And it's really the same defense that held Mahomes and company to nine points. So I, I think Tampa Bay, not too much to worry about. And for Dallas, they were impressive last night, uh, but they came up short and that's all that matters in the NFL. So we'll see if they can get back week two. Yep. 
that's uh yeah that's our reaction to tampa bay and dallas um great start to the season i'm excited to see the ratings on that game i think that one probably brought in a lot of money for nbc um it was really high i just i actually just saw it it was ridiculously high the nfl is king like always yep yep nfl is back and uh america is happy about it so getting into our week one um couple games that we want to highlight and just talk about the spread in those games and, you know, different matchups. So I think we'll just rattle them off. Uh, is there a game you want to start talking about? Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to, we just talked about your team. Let's talk about mine. Um, we've got, (laughs) we've got the Seahawks and the Colts. Um, I think that's a really, actually, I think it's one of the most underrated games of this weekend. It's a game that's kind of, in my opinion, it's gone under the radar a little bit. I know there's a lot of people talking about Steelers bills, but I could see that game getting out of hand. Um, honestly, I think I think Seahawks Colts is a really fun week one matchup. Um, we're obviously playing in Indy. Uh, Carson Wentz, Frank Reich announced today that he will officially be starting. Um, I think that could be a a good thing for us potentially, depending on if he looks anything like he did last year. But I think this is probably the one spot and the one coach that might have a chance to resurrect his career line here. Um, so it's a big week one matchup. And then obviously for us, um, I just want to see, I want to see the new offensive scheme. I've been really eager to see it. I didn't really see anything in preseason because we didn't play any starters. Really. Russell did not take one snap, which I am a big fan of. He should, he should never take another preseason snap in my opinion. And, um, but I think, you know, watching, watching the, our new offensive scheme with Shane Waldron and the tempo and some of the new things and maybe how much of the Rams system is incorporated, how much it looks like that, some of the tight formation, some of the two tight end sets with uh, Gerald Everett and Will Disley. I'm very interested to see that. Um, you know, there's just a lot that I want to see from us offensively and then defensively. You know, we've, we'll see how we do. We've got a revamped defensive line. Jamal Adams is back. Um, but I think this is a really interesting game. I think this, so the Seahawks are favored by three points. Um, I would say if you were a betting person, I wouldn't bet this game because it's a really hard call in my opinion. Um, I'm, I'm saying the Seahawks win by four points. So that's, that's really too close to the line for me, but, um, I think it's going to be a really intriguing game. I think there's a lot of interesting storylines on both sides here. Yeah, no, I, I, so Seattle, the last I checked, it was two and a half. It's moved to three now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I've, I've our betting man. First of all, I never bet on Seattle. They always make things way too close. Um, you could bet their money line. You just can't bet them to cover the spread because they'll find a way to like. Oh yeah, they might win this game by one point. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's the thing, Seattle. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game just because, you know, the Colts do run the ball well and, you know, they, they, they play defense. They're a good team and games in the NFL are generally pretty, pretty close. Um, but I, I would bet Seattle wins the game nine times out of 10 in this one. I, I think that, uh, you know, there's a couple things that stand out to me. I think a Seattle's a team that, uh, does a really good job of capitalizing off of turnovers. I've noticed that, um, they, they do a good job of taking the ball away or, you know, they, they catch a break and they make the most of it. And when you're playing Carson Wentz, he gives you a lot of breaks. He's going to take his time in the pocket. He's going to try and make too many plays. Um, you know, I think even, even something about this injury and how fast he's back is a little bit suspect to me. Um, I could see him not being a hundred percent in some ways or, um, 
you know, or, or rushing back and maybe getting re-injured. Like you got to think a, and, and maybe this is just, <clears throat> maybe this is just conspiracy, but I look at the Colts and, you know, they've got a first round pick on the line potentially um, if, if he doesn't play. So I thought they were going to hold him out. Right. Cause if he doesn't play 75% of the games, then uh, they get their first round or they, they don't have to give away their first round pick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought they were going to hold him out, but then on the other side of things, you look at Carson Wentz and this guy's career is kind of in jeopardy, right? Like if, if he has another injury prone year where he's number 30 in the PFF rankings and he's just, he's terrible, you could be looking at a backup spot or not landing a starting spot next year. So, you know, he's rushing back into it, trying to get into things. Um, and I don't know, just with his injury prone past, I just think there, there could be something suspect going on here. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a little banged up in this game. And, you know, Seattle has some heavy hitters. And like, like I said, they've, or like you said, they've revamped that offensive line. So, uh, yeah. And I I think Seattle, they're going to try and run the ball and that's, what's going to keep it close. Seattle has five running backs on the roster, only four receivers, which is crazy. I think that gives an indication of where Pete Carroll's mind is. He loves running the ball. Um, but then again, it's a new offensive coordinator. We'll see what he's got up his sleeve, but, um, I, I just like Seattle in this matchup. I don't really see him losing this game. Uh, you know, the Colts run the ball, that's their strength and Seattle defends the run pretty well. So, um, I mean, I, I'm feeling good about Seattle. Is there anything, any matchup that concerns you looking at Seattle versus Indianapolis, something that, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And, and the one, and the thing that concerns me is Jonathan Taylor and the, and if Quentin Nelson plays, and I know he's questionable, um, that's the matchup because even though we've revamped the D line, I think we still have a overall, maybe average to slightly below, maybe above, but I would say a little below average interior defensive line. Um, and the Colts have a great interior offensive line and they've got a really physical running back. Um, I expect the Colts to run the ball a lot. I think Jonathan Taylor gets a lot of carries in this game. 20 to 25 is what I'm expecting. I expect them to really keep the ball on the ground and just try to wear us out that way. I think that might be their recipe for, um, success. And then quickly, you mentioned that, um, you know, we have five running backs and and four receivers on the roster. That is, that is true. We do carry four receivers on the practice squad and with the new rules, we can elevate them at pretty much any time. So I would expect that to happen frequently. Um, also I would expect Gerald Everett to be mostly a receiver in this offense. Yeah. Um, I think Will Disley and some of these other guys, um, they, they'll be, they might not be as utilized as much, but Gerald, I think this is a pretty big opportunity for Gerald Everett. You know, he came over from the Rams. He's actually the other guy I wanted to mention because I think he was a little bit overshadowed in that offense, but I always, I always liked watching him play. And I was always kind of worried about him when we played him. Um, he made some plays on, on us over the years and the talents there. And I think he's a, he's a really good receiving tight end. So I would expect us to split him out wide a lot and he'll make plays in the receiving game quite a bit too. So but it'll be pretty interesting just to watch the new scheme and the tempo. And that's the one thing Russell Wilson, this offense, the offensive guys in press conference have said is one of the biggest differences with this offense is the tempo. And that's, that is music to my ears because that is, I've talked about it on this podcast. The one thing that drives me absolutely crazy watching the Seahawks play offense sometimes is just, they have such a, they don't have a good feel for tempo and when to speed up and when to just get a defense on its heels. And if we could figure that out, it's going to be a pretty hard offense to stop with Russell. So I'm pretty excited to watch that and should be, should be a pretty competitive game. Um, I think the Seahawks 
win it, but I could see it. I think it'll be close. It's a, it's a tough game on the road in week one. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to do this year is keep track of our, uh, records against the spread. So the games that we predict, you know, keep our records on that. So we're both taking Seattle to cover in this game and win the game. Um, so barely, <laughs> yeah, barely. So Not that, confident. My confidence meter is a one, but yes, that's what I'm taking. We'll take it. All right, sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm taking Seattle to cover that spread too. We'll talk about uh, the Steelers and Bills real quick. This one is a big spread, six and a half. Um, I believe it's the third biggest spread of the week behind uh, Dallas and Tampa, which uh, Tampa did not cover that one, and then Detroit and uh, San Francisco. So this one's six and a half, and I'm taking Buffalo minus six and a half on this game. I think they're a much better team in essentially every category. I think they're going to score points on the Steelers. It's a defense that lost a few pieces. Um, they got TJ Watt extended, which is big time for them. Uh, but I, as you know, I am not a fan of the Steelers. I think, uh, you know, if we look at Buffalo, all right, like what Buffalo blew some teams out of the water last year. Um, Miami in week 18 was a big one. Like they, they had some games. I mean, they, they beat new England pretty handily a few times. Uh, you know, they, they had some big games, some big offensive explosions. And, um, the, the way to keep it close against Buffalo is to run the ball and take up some time. Colts did that in the playoffs. Ravens did that in the playoffs. Um, so you, you think Pittsburgh's best chance here is to run the ball. The unfortunate thing is, is that they're starting a rookie running back who's got some potential, um, but they don't have an O-line to block for him. Like people forget that. Uh, the Steelers were 30th in, uh, or actually, no, the Steelers were dead last in running the ball last year. They ran for 84.4 yards per game. And I think Najee has more talent than their backfield did last year. Uh, but they also lost Pouncey on the line. And, you know, they're, they're just not a good offensive line. So I think that Buffalo's going to, you know, uh, figure out how to defend the short pass, which is Pittsburgh's go to. And, you know, I don't think they have to dedicate a whole lot to the run. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be able to run it very well, no matter what package is on the field. Um, and so I, I just see this game getting away from Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're going to be able to score. Uh, I think we could be getting into a category where Big Ben is down 17 early and he's having to drop back and throw the ball 60 times. And uh, it's just that's not good when that happens. He's no longer in a state to do that. So I think Buffalo could blow this one out of the water. I'd be surprised if this one was close. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, I think you cover most of it. One thing real quick, the other spread that's higher than this one is Rams bears. The Rams are a seven and a half point that's favorite. Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, going back to the, um, going back to the Steelers bills, I have pretty similar thoughts on the Steelers this year. I, I'm, I'm not too confident. And I think Najee Harris is a good back and I think he'll have, I think he is, he's actually quite talented. I liked him a lot at Alabama. I thought he was a really, really good player but you're right their offensive line is is not good enough to block and i think the one maybe the one weakness from last year was buffalo's defensive line their, their d-line wasn't the best um especially on the edges but i think they've added some pieces and they brought in some guys on the d-line so it's a better d-line this year um i actually wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers kept this game somewhat close for most of it um, but I think Buffalo wins by 10 to 14 points. So that is, they'll end up covering. Um, well, I'm, I think, you know, just going forward with the bills, this, it's going to be pretty interesting to watch them because the Josh Allen hype train is in full effect right now. He, if you, um, 
And I think Josh Allen has a, has a chance to win the MVP. He would not be my vote, but um, it'll be kind of interesting to see him after what was such a great year for him last year and how he follows that up. You know, he's got Stefan Diggs. That's a big connection, obviously. Um, so I think the bills will be able to handle this game, but I think going forward, just watching Josh Allen and his continued development and his, you know, uh, his connection and chemistry with Stefan Diggs and all that going on, it's going to be a pretty big deal, but, uh, I can tell you one thing too, is that it's a tough environment for the Steelers to go into in week one, that stadium, those, that bills mafia is a pretty crazy group and it's a full stadium again. So I think that might get a little challenging too, for the Pittsburgh offense. So, uh, yeah, I think Buffalo wins by 10 to 14 points. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh keeps it relatively close, but I think the Bills pull away late. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board with that one. Um, so we both got the Bills covering the six and a half point spread. Uh, what's a game that you would like to bring up next? Uh, let's talk Cardinals Titans. Wait, read my mind. Um, yeah, I believe Tennessee is a three point uh, favorite. That's what I saw last time. Yes, they are. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this one? Uh, Tennessee covers. Tennessee covers. Okay. Um, well, first of all, let me let me just say I I will be <clears throat> excuse me rooting for the Titans in this game, um, and then I will be rooting hard against them when they come to Seattle for our home opener next week. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just beating an NFC West opponent would be great. Um, I think the Titans at home are going to be uh, a little are, are going to be a little tough for Arizona. Um, this game has the potential to be pretty high scoring, um, but I think I think the Titans are a better team, and I don't really think Arizona is going to be able to stop Derrick Henry um, down the stretch of this game. And you know the Titans obviously brought Julio Jones into the mix. Um, Ryan Tannehill's got a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. Um, it's a tough it's a tough offense to stop in Tennessee. Um, but it's also a tough offense to stop in Arizona. There's a lot of good, talented players in this game. It's a pretty fun. It's a pretty intriguing game too. I think these two uh, NFC West, AFC South early kicks, the Seahawks game and the and this Titans game, are really interesting matchups. But um, in this one, I expect the Titans to cover. I expect them to win by seven to ten points. Um, I think that uh, Kyler will. Kyler will make a will throw a couple turnovers, maybe maybe put cough one up on the on the run or on a fumble, something like that. And I think the Titans will make enough plays to win this game. And then I just don't know how Arizona's going to stop Derrick Henry. Wouldn't be surprised if he runs for 100 yards. Yeah, um, I, I do think so. I, I've actually got the Cardinals uh, taking this one, so I think they're actually going to okay. win the game. Um, okay. But I. You know, I, I do agree. I don't think Arizona is particularly great on defense. Um, I think J.J. Watt and, you know, Chandler Jones and those guys help. Uh, but I think this game could, like, I don't know what the over-under is. I think we could see over 80 points in this game. Like, and, The over-under and, is 54. I would bet the over if I was if I was betting, yeah. Oh, 54. I would easily bet the over on that one. I mean, I think yeah. we could see, like, a 41-38 type of game here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking – I'm thinking uh, – like 37, 27. Yeah. So that would go over. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I like Arizona. I like both of their offenses against each other's defenses. Um, and I think, you know, especially the Titans secondary is really weak um, outside of Kevin Byard at safety. They, they lost uh, Malcolm Butler. And uh, I think I forget who their 
who their other corner was. Um, Adoree Jackson, they lost him too. And not that either of those guys were super spectacular, um, but I just think Tennessee's really weak. They've got Janoris Jenkins in there. Um, they've got Caleb Farley. They've got another guy named uh, what? Christian Fulton. That's their other corner, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know much about either. So there's just not a lot of confidence for me there. Um, I think Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins, that dude's obviously a playmaker. Christian Kirk is fast. They've got Andy Isabella. He's fast. Uh, and Fitzgerald's, a, you know, he's he's very old now, but he's a decent route runner. He's more like a Jason Witten of wide receivers at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think I just I just don't like either uh, either defense against the other one's offense. And I think it comes down to me. I think Arizona just has more playmakers on defense than the Titans do. Um, I think Buda Baker is is good for a turnover, maybe. Uh, JJ Watt and and you know Chandler or Christian Jones in there, like, or no no Chandler. It's, it's Chandler. Yeah, Chandler, you had it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I both of those guys I think are able to get pressure, especially when put together. And you know who we'll see if Isaiah Simmons has the breakout year that some people you know think he might have. So I think it's a very even game. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Tennessee won it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, my gut is with Arizona and, uh, you know, when you're in doubt of, of a couple defenses, I think you, I'll always take the one that has more playmakers. And I think sure. uh, Arizona's defense has a few more playmakers. So I'll take the Cardinals to win a very close game. Um, I'd be surprised if this one was, uh, more than a touchdown victory for either team. Um, but I'll take the Cardinals to, to win that one. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good game. I hope you're wrong, but it'll be a good game. For sure. For sure. Um so let's talk Chiefs Browns now. Kansas City six and a half point favorites. Um yeah, what what are you thinking on this one? Hmm, I have the line at five and a half, but I guess we're probably using something different. Five and a half. Okay. Um I was using Yeah. Yeah, so um We'll call it six. Let's just play it in the middle. Um, so Browns Chiefs, that that's going to be a pretty um, entertaining game for a while, except I think the Chiefs actually have a chance to pull away from Cleveland. And I really like Cleveland this year. I think the Browns are going to win the AFC North. So this is not me bashing on the Browns, but this, this feels like a really tough game for Cleveland. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs are coming off a pretty bad loss in the Super Bowl. They have not had the chance to play. You you can bet that Patrick Mahomes and crew are going to be ready to go at home and just ready to light it up. I'd be very, I would not want to be playing on defense, especially in the secondary for the Browns. I think they are going to have a really tough time. All those weapons the Chiefs throw at you. Um, really, Cleveland's best chance, sort of like it was in the, uh, I thought it was in the playoff game, is really Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt kind of have to dominate because they need to be able to run the ball or just throw those little screens and just control the clock. It's kind of the best way to beat an offense like this. But man, if they can't do that, I, if the Browns can't run the ball effectively, the chiefs might win by 20 points, but if they, if they're able to do that, they might be able to keep it under that spread and keep it a one score game. I just don't think they'll be able to do it for long enough. Um, I've got the chiefs winning this game 35 to 20, which might be a little bit more of a, spread than you might expect in this type of game. And I really like Cleveland this year. I really do. But this is a bad spot. This is about as bad a matchup as you could have asked for to start your season off. So I've got the Chiefs winning this one by a pretty healthy margin. 
Yeah, I'm right with you. I think the Chiefs, um, th- I think they they should win it by one or two touchdowns. I think a couple things to touch on with Cleveland is, yeah, they have a lot of talent, um, but a lot of it's new talent. And that doesn't always bode well on opening week, especially in this new era where no one plays their starters in the preseason, which I agree with, by the way. Um, but I think it does, you know, if you, you heard Chris Collinsworth mention it last night, he mentioned it about six or seven times. Um not playing your starters in the preseason can have an effect just for that week one game. And I think that could be the case for Cleveland. Like they got John Johnson in there on defense. Um, they've got, uh, they've got Jadavian Clowney. They've got, you know, different guys scattered all over the field that are new and free agency and, you know, guys that they've drafted or, you know, and it's a very promising defense. Uh, I just think that there could be some miscommunications. You're on the road, you're playing against one of the best offenses in football. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, you know, you pair that up with the fact that Mahomes has never lost in the month of September. And I mean, he's frankly, he's never really even come close to losing in the month of September. I mean, this guy just gets it done. Andy Reid always comes out with a great game plan. You, you know, you don't you don't really know what you're going to see from them. So I really think that Kansas City could boat race this thing. I think they could run away with it. If the Browns do win it, um, I'd be really surprised. I think it'd have to I think it would take some mistakes and execution errors for Kansas City to to not cover here. Uh, but I, I think Kansas City could take this thing 38 to 20, something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're just really good in general, but they're also really good in the month of September. And the Browns have not had the same story, especially in the Baker era. I mean, they got whooped up on by the Ravens last year, opening day. They got whooped up on by the Titans the year before that. Um, they just don't have the best track record of coming together on opening day. And I just don't see it. I think Cleveland is going to be really good. I think, you know, I think they are a strong contender to win the North, especially with, uh, all the injuries to the Ravens, but, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking Kansas city all the way in this one. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's just, this is just a tough matchup to start your season. I mean, I think there's a lot of bright things in store for Cleveland, but this is, this is just not the, where you want to start. You don't want to start at Arrowhead because it's, it's already a really tough environment. And then you're playing the best quarter, the best quarterback currently um, in the NFL with all the weapons that he has. Not, it's not a good recipe. Um, But I think for, but I think Cleveland has a lot of things to look forward to this season. I expect them to have a really good year. Um, But the AFC still is run by the Chiefs. And if you want to win the AFC, you've got to beat the Chiefs. And you probably are going to need to do it at least once at Kansas City. So, yeah. No, I, yeah. Because it's tough. But, yeah, it's it's tough. So, I got the Chiefs winning this one pretty easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's pick two more games uh, to talk about. And then we'll get into some of our bolder takes for this season, going more of the big picture. So, yeah. Um, What's a game you'd you'd want to talk about? Your last pick. Hmm. My last pick. I think we got to talk about Packers Saints. Packers Saints. I like it. All right. Yeah. What you got? Um, I love Green Bay to cover. I love it. And they're they're three point favorites, and that might be the my best bet of the entire weekend. And I I know that might be a risky bet because it, you don't necessarily know um, what Green Bay is going to look like. Obviously, all the turmoil this offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
but I have, I, I have a hard time picking against him in general. And I think he's going to have another really good year. And I'm very hesitant on the saints right now. Um, I still have this feeling that Sean Payton, even though he's announced Jameis Winston as the starter, is going to like play both of them in this game. I feel like he's going to do something like that because every there are 31 head coaches in the NFL that would realize that Jameis Winston is clearly the quarterback to start New Orleans. And then there's one that won't realize that clearly. And he's the one that coaches the Saints because Sean Payton has this very weird obsession with Taysom Hill. And I feel like if he runs this little two quarterback offense, which I have this feeling he will, it's going to be a disaster for yeah. the Saints in this game. I don't think they'll get into any type of rhythm. Also, don't sleep on the fact that this game is being paid, uh, played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. You're so right. the yep. Saints have been kind of away from home for a while. I think that's something to consider. I think it's been kind of tough for them to really get focused. It might be tough for them to really get focused on this game. And, I just get the feeling that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and all this talk about him and how bought in is he is. You really want to be there. Does he want to just go host jeopardy? Does he want to just like go travel and like be kind of weird? Cause he's a little bit weird. Like, I think he's going to just come out and realize and just make people realize that he's, he's that same guy. He's that same guy who ran away with the MVP last year. And um, I expect the Packers to win this game by 14 points which would be a pretty big statement. And I, I think they're going to do it. Okay. okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. I think a couple things to watch for uh, if you're, if you're the Packers is a, you know, they've got a couple guys out. Um, obviously David Bakhtiari is their, their top dude and he's gone. And uh, their center, Corey Lindsley is, is over in, um, in Los Angeles. So, you know, I, I think, the saints could get some pressure on this team. I think that's their best bet is on defensively sit back and get pressure and uh, force the Packers to, to get rid of the ball quick. And then if you're the, if you're the saints on offense, you just got to line up and run it with 41 and um, see how far that takes you. I think that's their best bet with the Packers pass rush and you know, the turnovers that Jameis Winston is prone to. So um, I, yeah, that's their best bet is run the ball and, uh, get to the, get to the quarterback. And I think they, they could end up keeping it close if they're able to do that. So you're picking the Packers. Yep. I'm taking the Packers. Um, I'll take the Packers to cover this spread. Um, just because I, I think the saints are going to be very limited, um, at quarterback. And I think Sean Payton could definitely pull some stunts. So, I, I, I do like the Packers, um, but I think this game actually could be closer than people think. And I think it'll be lower scoring. Okay. Yeah. I could, I mean, I, I could totally see that <clears throat> happening as well. I just think, I just think this is a challenging spot for the saints. Cause I think this, we always talk about that Aaron Rodgers revenge tour, like last year, I think it could happen again this year. Um, I think Green Bay is a team to really watch out for because I mean, let's, I mean, let's be honest, people have kind of slept on him just because of all this Aaron Rodgers talk. But if Aaron Rodgers plays like he did last year, I mean, Green Bay is going to be right in the thick of it again. Their, their roster is plenty good enough. They've got plenty of good weapons and they still have number 12. So I, I don't, I'd be pretty scared. And uh, I just think the Saints have, you know, they, we'll see how they, we'll just see how they come out. They don't have Michael Thomas in this game. And they won't have him for a while with him being on the pup list. Um, 
I think if you have Alvin Kamara and fantasy, that's a really good thing in this game. And especially for the first like six weeks, because he's going to get a lot of touches, but I, I don't think the saints are going to win this game. I think the Packers will be able to handle this game. I think Rogers throws three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I got the Packers too. Um, you know, I we'll see how far Alvin Kamara can take the saints. That's kind of going to be the storyline of the season. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's a great bet. I think running backs are at this at this point, um, one of the least important positions on the field. Um, so yep. when you're being carried solely by a running back, I don't think you're really in a good spot. Um, and I think the Saints are going to learn that. So, yeah. I think so, too. And he, he does provide a lot of value, obviously, as a receiver because he's such a good pass catcher. But even then, he's a running back. So there's only so much that he's going to be able to do despite him being a very talented player, one of the league, but still only, there's still limitations as to what he can actually do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so last game to talk about Rams and bears uh, Rams are seven and a half point favorites. So um, I'll start this one off. I'm actually tempted to take Chicago to cover, not to win, um, but to cover the spread here. And, you know, I, that's an unpopular bet for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at their, their history. Chicago and LA and they've always played in these really low scoring games. Um, not a lot of offense because the bears are incompetent on offense and they're starting Andy Dalton. So I expect much of the same. Um, but I think the Rams have a new defensive coordinator. They've got some, some pieces in this thing. And while I still think they're going to be really good, um, I do think that there is a possibility that, you know, there's some miscommunication or, you know, they're lacking a little bit from what they were last year. Maybe the Bears put, put together a few more drives than they usually would. Um, that being said, I think Chicago is going to have to win this game like 20 to 13 or something, um, or at least keep this game down. But I think that's how they can cover. I think they could very easily lose this game 20 to 16, 20 to 14, 20 to 17. Um, and it, this is the thing. I know they have Matthew Stafford now instead of Jared Goff, and that's supposedly some huge upgrade. And I think it is an upgrade. Um, but, but I'm, I'm just interested if, you know, do the bears, have they caught on to McVay's system or did they, were they just taking advantage of Goff's limitations? Um, because in the past they've, they've owned LA's offense that in, in three meetings in the past three years, uh, they've held them below 20, I believe every time. So they're, you know, they're there, um, they they've got it figured out on defense. They just have to figure it out on offense. And, you know, but I, I, again, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think there's a, there's a strong chance they cover that seven and a half point spread. I think that's, I think that's definitely very possible. 20 to 16, 20 to 14. Um, But I have the Rams covering this game 20 to nine. That's my final score. And I think if you're, I think if you're Andy Dalton um, and the bears, I think the, the greatest thing about this game is that it's in LA because when Andy Dalton stinks this game up, which he will, he is going to be bad. I would not want to hear, you would not want to hear what the, just the boo birds coming down in soldier field for watching what Andy Dalton's going to throw out there. I'm expecting a really bad game yeah. from him. I'm expecting him to struggle a lot and that's going to be a really unfortunate start and he's and they're going to hear it all week. And then I'm, I don't know if Chicago goes home next week or not, but they do. I'm looking at it right now. And if he, I mean, if he plays badly on Sunday night, which I fully expect him to, and then he throws a pick on the first drive in Chicago, 
I mean, the, the calls for Justin Fields will be heard throughout the country. Um, so I think this could get really bad for Chicago. I think their defense will hold down the Rams. I think you're right. Um, I think Stafford will make a couple big throws and I think that's really all he's going to need to make. Cause I don't think the bears are going to get in the end zone once. I think they're going to kick three field goals. They'll get to nine. And I think, I think the Rams are just going to completely stifle the bears. The, I mean, maybe, and I don't think David Montgomery is going to be able to run the ball. And if David Montgomery can't run the ball, you put, you put it in Andy Dalton's hands and you let Aaron Donald tee off on him. And then you've got a great secondary and some lockdown corners. Uh, I mean, I know they don't have Brandon Staley coordinating them anymore. And I think there could be some growing pains down the road. There might be some tough offenses they have to face. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to happen in this game. I think you're right. These teams play a lot of low scoring, kind of ugly football games. I don't expect this game to be much different than that, but I expect it to be very ugly for the bears. So I'll take 20 to nine. Um, maybe my other favorite bet actually, now that I'm looking at this and I like it more than the Packers bet is the under on this game. It's a 46 and a half over under. I don't think it gets anywhere near that. I think it's going to be 29. I've got 29 total points. I think I don't, I'd be shocked if it got to 40. So that's a good bet. Yeah. I like the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Rams and I think it'll be an, it'll be another ugly Rams bears game, but I think it'll get real ugly for Chicago. Hey, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I've been burned by Chicago before I picked them to beat the Rams last year on Monday night football. Uh, and so did I actually, yeah, they did not do that. So, and I, and I don't, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be good. Um, my bet is solely on the fact that I, I think the bears could contain that offense. But like I said, we're about to find out. Um, yeah. And I do, and I do too. 20, yeah. yeah, twenty points is not a lot, and I, I don't, and I think they're, the Rams will have to work for those twenty points. It's not going to be easy for them to get there, but yeah, as, as long as they get into, as long as they get to thirteen, I think they're pretty much safe. I don't think the Bears are going to do much of anything offensively. Yeah, yeah, Dalton just needs to protect the ball, and um, I mean that's honestly, <laughs> he's, if he's terrible, that's going to be expected. It's just don't yeah. don't be terrible and give the ball away. Um, but yeah. Yep. He, so. But I, I, I think he might. I think he, yeah. No, it, no, it's very possible. It's very possible. Yeah. All right. So the last thing I want to do on the show today is uh, get some of our hot predictions going into the season. So some of these are uh, probably a stretch. Um, I'm not saying these are going to happen necessarily, but I think these are um, possible. You know, I don't think they're impossible. And we're going to use our imagination a little bit here. So hot prediction number one for me. Uh, I'll go first because I think this is going to be the boldest one. Uh, And that is that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make a playoff appearance. Uh, Year one, Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars are going to make the playoffs and not as a division winner, uh, not as anything special. I think they're going to be in there as a seven seed and they're getting, uh, they're getting help from the Miami's new England's uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the chargers, you know, all those teams. Cause I think, the Jaguars are going to win eight, eight games to nine games at the very max. Um, and I think eight is more likely, but I think there's a chance they slip into the playoffs at eight and nine. Um, and obviously if this happens, that shows my confidence in Trevor, he'd have to win rookie of the year in the process. Um, the Jaguars secondary and, you know, their revamped secondary unit would have to live up to expectation. They're, they're pushing that defense from number 30 in the league up, you know, approaching average, uh, instead of giving up, 30 points a game. They're only giving up 23. 
Um, and then, and then on offense, Lawrence has to, you know, obviously explode onto the scene in year one. He's got uh, a receiving core of Marvin Jones and DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. And, you know, that makes a real nice unit. And then, you know, they take care of business against easy teams. They sweep Houston. They split with Tennessee. They get a win against Indy. So that puts them at four and two in the division. And then, um, you know, maybe they take care of business against the the Bengals and against the Falcons and against the Texans and those type of teams. So uh, in order for this to happen, the Jaguars would have to exceed expectations. I get that. Um, but my final record prediction for them was eight wins. So eight wins. I'm going to say that's, that's hot take. Number one is Lawrence is just an absolute winner and the Jags get in the playoffs somehow year one. What are your thoughts on that? Is that one impossible? Well, that that's pretty hot, but <laughs> you, do you actually think that's going to happen or are you just like saying it could happen? I think it could. I, I wouldn't bet on it. I don't think it's likely. Um, but I did put my official record prediction as the Jags at eight and nine. So I think, I think more realistically, they're going to get seven um, or six, but I, I'm a big Lawrence believer and I like urban Meyer a lot and they have a really easy schedule. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, you know, it's not likely, but I think if they were to reach their absolute ceiling, like the absolute best they can do is first round of the playoffs. And then they get bounced by a much better team. Uh, all right. Well, I think I've got one that actually may, I don't know if it's hotter, but it's actually something I truly believe could easily happen. Like it would not even shock me a bit. So yeah. obviously with one extra game, I think there's a lot of passing records that can be broken, rushing records that can be broken. Yeah. Um, so I've got one for your Cowboys. All righty. Dak Prescott is not only going to break the passing record, He's going to throw for 6,000 yards and the Cowboys will miss the playoffs when he does it. Miss the playoffs. How about that? I'm not even kidding. I think there's, I think they, they could go nine and eight or eight and nine even. So right around 500, he throws for 6,000 yards. They lose every game like 41 to 35. Yeah. (laughs) And they miss the playoffs. I like, you're going to think that's, Scorching hot, but I think there's actually a chance of that. Well, okay. So first of all, that would suck uh, because oh, I'd be so happy for my man, Dak Prescott, like just through the roof, right? Like he's finally proved his eliteness and he's carrying the Cowboys, but then we missed the playoffs. Like what's it all for? Uh, yeah. That would really suck. But I think there's a, I think, you know, potentially someone could make the argument that the more yards Dak throws for, that means the worse we are as a team in the sense that, oh, we're losing every game because our defense sucks. So we're throwing the ball 60 times a game and he's getting what people like to call garbage time yards. Um, you know, in an attempt to come back, he's throwing 550 yards and we're losing the game, you know, 44 to 34 or whatever. So actually, you know, maybe that's if he if he does throw 6,000 yards, maybe that means we're kind of in a bad spot as a team, you know, but yeah. Man, that would be crazy. Because what's the what's the record before that? It's I mean, it's five thousand something, right? It's five thousand four hundred and seventy-seven. <laughs> Peyton Manning has it. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna actually like be a little bit more like serious here. I don't think Dak gets to six thousand. 
but yeah. I like actually believe he breaks the record. I think he's the one who does it this year. I think he throws for like 56 or 57. Man. I think where does that, there. where does that take him? Let's say he throws for 5,700 yards. Is that MVP offensive player of the year? Comeback. Uh, he gets, he gets offensive player of the year, but you can't win MVP when you're nine and eight, like Dallas will be. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Nine and eight is uh, where I had us. So I think I had him there too. I I, might've had him eight, nine or nine. I can't remember. One of the great thing. The great thing about the NFC East is that nine and eight could definitely win you that division. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually made the playoffs as either the division winner or maybe the seven seed, but they, uh, but I think Dak will break the passing record, but they're going to lose a lot of high scoring games. Yeah. Well, that would be 6,000 and missing the playoffs is like my bold take on it, which I think isn't, is not impossible, but I would not bet that to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's on, he's on a uh, pace for it. He threw for four Oh three last night. So, I know he's on pace for like almost 7,000. That would put him at 7,000. So I don't think he's throwing for 400, but no, he also had games last year where he was like 500 something. So, I mean, maybe we'll get yeah, he did it. He did it against the Seahawks. He threw for like almost 500 yards. Yeah. It's crazy. So, but they lost and that's the yeah. thing. That's like what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I like that one. Um, this one, this next one for me is not as crazy. Um, but I, I'm saying, uh, so 49ers, they beat Philly and Detroit to start the season. And then they go on a three-game slide. They lose to Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona. And then Trey Lance takes over the 49ers. Uh, week six during that bye week, he gets named the starter and leads him to the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that well, one? Well, that's not that crazy. That one's I not that crazy. I see that happening. That's, yeah. That's like lukewarm. It's a <laughs> lukewarm take. Do you think Lance is that good, though? Like that he can come in and and be that much better than Garoppolo and yes. go and compete in a division year one? Yeah? Yes. I don't know if he's that good. I think his, his floor might be lower than Garoppolo. So let me let me be clear. He's going to stink. This. Even if he does that, he'll have a couple games in there where it's a real stinker. Like yeah. he plays real bad. Yeah. But he's his ceiling is so much higher. He's a much more dynamic player. Like yes. the yeah. 49ers, if they, like, let's just say they played Jimmy Garoppolo the whole year, they're going to be like nine and eight or eight and nine. Like, because that's what, like, at that point, they have a great roster with a quarterback that doesn't, is not special in any way. Yeah. But if you put Trey Lance in there, you have a great roster that might be able to cover up some of Trey Lance's mistakes at times. And then when Trey Lance is like on it and is making the plays that he can make, I mean, that's a tough team to beat. I don't know who's going to beat them. I mean, with that that roster, they might be able to beat almost anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a, it's a take that I think actually easily could happen. So I don't think it's like, so that's why it's not that hot because I think that's actually a pretty reasonable prediction. I think that's a good prediction actually. Yeah. I, I mean, completely. I, I think he's taken over week six. The problem is I think if he comes in week six, I don't know if he's actually leading him to the playoffs. Do you have, do you have one more? Well, I've got a few more. So do you, do you want like the not as hot one or like the, maybe the hottest one at all? Um, We'll take the hottest one of all because we'll wrap it up after this. Man, the hottest one of all. You're going to like this one. You thought my Dak one was hot. I got I got something. Not only <laughs> not only will the Houston Texans go 0-17, they'll be the first team to go 0-17. I don't know how hot that is. I think that that's – I mean, it's still pretty bold to take a team to go 0-17, but yeah. I don't know. Find me a win. That's, that's a pretty tough – thing to do. So that's not really that hot, but I'm going to make it really hot. So not only will Houston go 0-17, the Lions will go 0-17. 
So you're gonna have two zero and seventeen, two zero and seventeen teams this season. Okay. Well, I, okay, that would be incredible. That would be crazy. Do they play each other? I should have looked at that. I don't think they do. I, I, I'd be surprised. If they do, though, we could make it even hotter by saying they <laughs> can they tie. That would be wild. <laughs> they tie zero zero. Yeah. Let's see. I'm like looking it up right now. Yeah. I don't think they play, but it'd be kind of a bummer if they did because that would ruin my take. No, they don't play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it so, can happen. Realistically, I mean, I think Houston's a lot worse off, but uh, <laughs> the Lions, because the Lions get to play Philly at least. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Lions are going to win two games, and I think I, I picked them. I picked them three and fourteen, and I was nice. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing fifteen is probably more likely. Yeah. So that's only two wins that I they know. can like. It's possible because I think Houston will go in seventeen. I actually think they will. I don't think Detroit will, but like, I mean, what if? Yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, that would be wild. I like that one. Uh, I think my takes, I think my hot takes are better. One. I think that's the most fun one. And if that does happen, uh, I don't know, man, maybe we just see those franchises get moved or something. Cause that's just pitiful. That would be the Lions second time winning no games in the season. I know I would, I would have a really high amount of sympathy for any Lions fan. I know. If you can even find them, dude, I, I would never be a fan of the Lions. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty challenging. I think I had better hot takes. Than you. Yeah, I think you might have. Mine, mine were pretty good. Mine were pretty hot. They I were. Mean, I, dude, I really like my Jaguars one though, dude. I, I think it could happen. I really do. I, and I'm maybe I'm just way too, like, like I have way too much faith in Trevor Lawrence. But man, I think there's a winner. I think there's actually a chance, like we were talking about like the Texans, like where can they find a win? You know where they might find a win? Week one against <laughs> Week one against Jacksonville at home. Like that might be the game. Like you're, I mean, Jacksonville is starting, you know, it's Urban Meyer. It's a first, it's a rookie head coach. It's a rookie quarterback. Like yeah. it's your best shot. Yeah. I think like that, like I wouldn't be like too shocked if Houston won that game, but then if they lose, I don't know. They, they they may not win another one. Yeah, like it get pretty challenging for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, uh, that was a fun show. I, I like uh, I like where we're going with things. We'll see if any of those uh, hot takes pan out. We'll definitely put those on the Instagram page and um, see. <laughs> People can roast us for it. Yeah, see what those look like. In I probably get I'll probably get toasted for that. <laughs> 6,000 yards one, but I think that's a pretty interesting pick. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's on the same. Yeah. If you're going to get roasted for that one, I'll get roasted for the Jaguars one. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of exciting stuff. The NFL is back. So, I mean, content is just flowing in. Uh, the podcast is going to be really fun this semester. So I'm excited. Thanks for coming on the show today, Alec. Oh yeah, of course. Appreciate it. We'll be back with you guys uh, next Friday. We will be recording every Friday afternoon, so uh, be sure to tune in to future episodes. Thank you, guys.